Hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hello, Courier Nation. Welcome back. It is great to have you back one more week here on the Deliver on Your Business podcast, and it is awesome to be back. I'm excited for today because today we are launching uh, the first day of the 31-day Courier MBA course. Uh, the first email goes out today, and uh, it's kind of exciting, you know, getting all that set up. Now, uh, because we are starting uh the, uh, the classes, you know, the registration for the class is closed up, but you can still go on over to entrecourier.com slash get your MBA if you're interested in this, because, um, you know, once we get through the class here, um, I, I, if, if I've got people that are interested in doing this and get on kind of a wait list, we might see if we can run it again or something. So you can head on over to that if you want to do that. My friends, I just picked up my e-bike. Well, I picked up my Surly disc trucker that was converted to an e-bike. And uh, it's it's kind of fun riding around on that thing now. And, uh, you know, big old steel bike in there for a little while, but you get that little uh, pedal assist. And so I'm getting ready to try and get set up here soon to uh, start doing some deliveries. And, uh, and as that happens... I'm sure I'm going to be uh, doing a little bit of an episode maybe here uh, just to talk about what that's like doing delivery on an e-bike and especially doing a little more than just a few hours here and there, which is generally what I've done with bicycle deliveries in the past. And uh, I want to thank, you know, once again, Kevin from financialpanther.com for being on a few weeks ago, uh, talking about his experience doing bicycle delivery. And I think it kind of uh, um, inspired me to uh, see about diving in a little bit more to that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens and I will keep you posted on that. Well, you know, my friends, I have been, like I said, excited about getting this, uh, Courier MBA course launched, and the MBA in that stands for Master Your Business Attitude. And so it's kind of getting back to the beginning of this podcast. Uh, and and I'll tell you what, you know, if uh, if you missed the sign up on it, go back and listen to episodes one through thirty one because it's kind of the same outline. It's it's a lot of the same topics, but we just uh, with the course trying to do some stuff where we can get a little more practical with it. And so the thing about it is, is just got me thinking again, and I just kind of want to refresh maybe some different thoughts about being a business owner. And one of my very first posts that I put up, I talked about, uh, I called it ABO and the MBA. And it was uh, ABO being accidental business owner. And even though that was something I put up quite a while ago, uh, better than a year ago, it's something that still applies today because... So many of us, uh, when we go into this as independent contractors, we, we kind of become that accidental business owner. We didn't think we were going to be business owners, but here we are. And so what I want to talk about today is, um, today's topic is seven characteristics of a business owner that you need as a delivery contractor. Is it possible to be consistently successful with your delivery business when you're a contractor with Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates, Instacart, Amazon, Flex? There's so many gig companies, but you know these these are the main ones. And 
is it possible, especially in a year like 2020? I mean, this is kind of the year that just seems like it was created to remind us how little control we've got, you know? There, there's so much that uh, is so out of control in all around us that, that we can't do much about it. But you know what? I think that's okay. Here's my thinking on this. I just think that this year, that 2020 is just proof of how much more important it is for us to actually be in control. And I know that sounds kind of weird. You know, it, we're, we're not in control, so that means we got to be in control. How, how does that work? Well, I think the key to surviving, and I think the key to thriving in 2020 and, and any year, but especially in years like this that are just everything seems to be going off the rails, is very much the key to thriving in any other year. It's just this year seems to be even more important. And it is all about focusing on what you can control. You know, we can't do anything about so much of what's going on out there. But we can focus on those things that we can control. You know, I think about uh, like my wife, my wife's kind of got this green thumb here. Mine's, mine's a total black thumb. I'm, I'm not even, there's, there's not even a thumb involved here, you know, when it comes to gardening or any of that stuff. And in the middle of this drought that we've been through in Colorado, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, our lawn and her garden and a lot of different things like that. Cause there's some places that just, it's like, you know, the plants that yeah, heck with it, I'm out. <laughs> And, and other areas where, man, you look at some of these plants and, and, and as tough it is, as it's been, you look at those and think those, those are some strong boogers, you know, and really what it kind of comes down to with any of those is it's all about the roots. It's all about, you know, part of it is what these plants are rooted in, you know, it's the soil, but it's also about, you know, how well these plants are rooted in them and, uh, so sometimes when, when they're really well rooted and they're, they're just in a good position there, they're a lot better at, at weathering the drought, you know, and maybe you could look at 2020 is kind of like that drought. And, and the thing is, there's, there's so much, we can't just like the plant can't control the weather. It can't control any of that stuff. You know, we can't control what's going on in some different areas, but we can control our attitudes, our mindsets, and as individuals, and, and especially as independent contractors, we can learn from those characteristics that are part of, I think, you know, some of the most important characteristics of being a good business owner. So I want to talk about seven characteristics and, and how can we apply those to what we're doing here? Because you, you do realize you're a business owner, right? That's, that's an important thing to remember. You are a business owner. And so anyway, the first characteristic is a good business owner takes ownership. Okay. Seems kind of weird. Um, I wonder if there's a different way I should have phrased that. You know, it just sounds almost redundant, right? An owner is an owner, <laughs> but here's, here's where I'm getting at with this. It's that it starts with embracing your place as a business owner, because you are a business owner. I just like everything I've been talking about leading up in the introduction, talking about leading into the class that we might've been that accidental business owner. We might not have planned on it, but you are a business owner. And don't listen to all the people that are going to tell you otherwise, even if that person telling you otherwise is you. I know, I get it. Gig companies, they, they set up this independent contractor model to take advantage of us. I know that. It, it seriously was so they could weasel out of an obligation to employees that, that they want to have people do the work for them, but they don't want to pay all that entails. We all know that. But because of that, 
I know you can give me a lot of reasons that, yeah, you don't seriously run a business. And I'm going to tell you what, you'd be right. As long as you believe those things, you're absolutely right. You're not, you're not running a business now. But if I embrace my role as a business owner, you could not be further from the truth with any of those arguments. Because here's the deal. It's all about your mindset. How you choose to see yourself is what makes a difference. And that's the thing that I want you to do first is just take ownership and, and, and embrace the fact that you're a business owner. And the thing about it is the choice that they made to designate you as a business owner, it gives you the freedom to be a business, to be a business owner. You know, I'm the first one to tell you that DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats and all those, they're weasels. And they did not choose this independent contractor thing for our benefit. I know that. I don't, I don't make, I don't pretend at all anything about those companies, but it also comes down to, it doesn't matter to me. Here's the deal. They contracted with you as a business. And yeah, that let them slip out of a lot of the things on that. But the other thing that happened with this that I don't think too many people realize is when they made that choice, they forfeited the right to control you. They forfeited the right to be your boss. And they gave you that right instead to be the boss. And that's why every single week I end this podcast with be the boss. What they did was they entered a business-to-business relationship with you. And so they cannot control another business. They cannot control the work. They cannot control whether or not you take their business. And you've got the freedom to make your decisions and to run your own business. So ownership here, it means taking ownership also of your own destiny. I heard this earlier this summer, a quote from Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V on on the Gary V podcast. And he said, everything is your fault. Everything is your fault. That's a good thing because that means you're in control. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that is so true. There is such a huge lesson in that. I think this is maybe the most important mindset for us as independent contractors and and, in any kind of business you're going, you're going to run. And really, it's it's a great mindset to have just whatever role you've got in your life. Now, the idea of saying this, that everything's your fault, the idea isn't about dragging yourself down. It's not about beating yourself up when, going, when things are going wrong, but it is about recognizing that you're in control because, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff you can't control, right? But you can control what you do with the situation. You can control how you respond, how you pivot. You can control your attitude. Yeah, there's a lot in our life. There's a lot in our business that we cannot control. But you got to realize there is so much more than you realize that you can control. And once you take that attitude, you're going to be amazed at how much you can accomplish simply by just controlling the things that you can control. And the thing is, these companies are going to try and screw you over. I know that, you know that. But as long as you take the attitude that they're in control, they're going to be able to do it. But when everything is your fault and not theirs, that means you can't be their victim. That means you get to make your own decisions. That means you get to make the pivots. You get to make the changes that you need to make. You get to decide what to do in response to whatever these companies do, whatever life does, any of those things. You know, 
back in the day when people started being able to get their videos to, to watch movies without having to go to a store to do so, Blockbuster dug in on this whole in-store model. I mean, they, they dug their heels in deep. Now, some of you are saying, well, who's Blockbuster? And that's my point, though. They've been out of business so long now that some people probably don't even recognize that name now. And the, the, the whole point of saying this is that the time might come when things get out of your control and they make this whole delivery business model obsolete. It might not make sense anymore. Blockbuster couldn't change the technology that made them obsolete as a company, but they could decide when to change that business model and they decided not to do it. And, and that's the thing is, okay, maybe DoorDash doesn't cut anymore. Maybe DoorDash has just gone so bad with all of the very low paying offers. Well, my question to you is, why do you only have one customer then? And, and, and the question is, if DoorDash isn't cutting it, who is cutting it? What can you do? How can you pivot? When everything is your fault, that's a good thing because it means you are in control. The second characteristic that I've got today is... A good business owner is purpose-driven. And, and what I'm talking about here is another key to your success is you understand your why. Is this a good thing? Is delivery a good thing just because it's a thing that you can do? Or is it something bigger? And is it something deeper? Is there something deeper? Now, the episode that I maybe tell people to listen to the most is just over and over. I think one of the most important episodes in the podcast, in my opinion, is episode three. It is know your why. Understand why you're doing this. The whole point of this is you go deep with that question. You seriously, seriously dive in very, very deep. Why are you delivering? Okay, you might say the money. Well, why do you want the money? Well, to feed my family. Well, why is feeding your family that important? Well, it's because my family means everything. And you see what's happened here when you go through those questions like that? But you see what happens when you ask those questions? Because now all of a sudden, the why isn't about the money. The why is about your family. Well, why is the why so important? Because the thing is, the more that you're in tune with what really matters to you, the more you've got a chance to do something about it. You can let it motivate you. You can let it keep you centered. Because here's the deal, when crap happens on deliveries, and it does happen, you know, you get those penny tips, you get the horrible restaurant experience, you get the incompetence when you call, try and call support. Well, you got to choose now. What are you going to focus on? What is it that matters to you? Is it the crap or is it your why? Dwell on the why and not on the what. Because then, now you're just not you're not just dropping off food here and there. Now you're doing something that is getting you to your why. You focus on your why, and that's going to get you a lot further. A third characteristic here: a good business owner is strategic. You've got a plan. You aren't just going from one place to the next. It's it's not just doing deliveries. You're not just going through the motions. What you're doing is you're looking at the big picture. Your why, that's that's your vision for that picture. That's what you want that picture to look like. Well, your plan is, how are you going to get there? You're figuring out how to get to that why. You're figuring out how to meet that why. Back in junior high, I had to do, you know, we had to choose a project and and plan it all out and do it in, uh, in wood shop. And so I decided to make a bookshelf. It's something that I thought would really fit good with my stereo. And I'm just realizing all of a sudden, you know, junior high, stereo, wood shop, 
those, those are all terms that are really dating me here, aren't they? But you know, I had this vision, I had this idea, I knew what I wanted to do. So I, I dove in, I started cutting the boards. I started sanding, finishing, putting it all together. But you, did, did you notice what I didn't do? Because here's what happened. It ended up kind of resembling a bookshelf in, in, in a very lopsided abstract kind of way. And when I put weight on the shelf, when I put the stuff on the shelf, it, it collapsed and it collapsed fast. It was kind of this, you know, like a, a house of cards type of collapse where all the stuff kind of tilts sideways and then just goes all flat. And that's what happened to my bookshelf. You know why? Because I didn't create a plan. I didn't stop to think, how am I going to put this together? I didn't stop to think, how is everything going to be stable when I get it done? How is everything going to be supported and everything? And what's going to keep it from doing that little house of cards collapse thing? I didn't plan it through. And the end result, you could just kind of see it. My question to you is, what part of the bigger picture is this delivery business for you? Where do you want to go? Do you know where you want to go yet? Have you, have you played your why out to its fullest extent yet? Have you, have you brought it to kind of the ultimate end to that why? You know, maybe another question is, what do you want to do when you grow up? It's okay to ask that question. I'm 57 years old and I'm asking that question all the time. What do I want to do when I grow up? And how do you get there? A good business owner doesn't just exist in the current, you know, there's a bigger picture. It's all part of getting somewhere and a good business owner's got an exit plan. And, uh, you can go to episode seven and uh, entrecourier.com slash seven to talk about the exit plan. You know, there's, there's that what's next. And, and it's all part of this bigger picture. Where do you want to be? How are you going to get there? How does your delivery business fit into that picture? At what point does your delivery business no longer fit that picture? And what's next? Now, you don't have to know all the answers yet. I don't know all the answers yet. I've, I've, I've got a pretty good idea, I think, of what my why is and, and where I want to be. But there, there are some details and there are some parts of it that I still don't know yet. And that's okay. But it's not okay to just be okay with it. You should be searching. You should be looking for, you know, where are you going to go with this? Take advantage. And, and here's the deal is take advantage of all this time. You got all this time driving around the car, right? You're going between deliveries and customers and customers to the, to the restaurant. And there's so much time in between there. And do you realize how much you've got things like podcasts and audiobooks and things that you can do to prepare for that next step? So my friends, I really encourage you just always, always be working on your plan. Always be thinking about what that plan is. And then always be thinking in terms of working that plan, have a bigger picture to what you're doing. Now, the fourth thing that I want to look at is a good business owner understands their value. My friends, you got to know your worth. And here's where I, I guess what I would really say is set your price, you know, and one of the biggest arguments that people have when they say, yeah, you're really not running a business. One of the first things they run to is they say, you can't set your price. They say Grubhub and DoorDash and Uber Eats, they set the fees. We've got no say over that. That means you're not really a legitimate business. I'm going to tell you that I've worked in plenty of businesses where, you know, through affiliate programs or sales or commission things, I can't set my price. I can sell stuff for people. 
but I can't set the price for them. Does that mean that I wasn't running a business then? No, no, I don't think it does at all. But here's the other thing is, I think we've actually got more of a say than what I had like when I was in telecom and different things like that. We've got more of a say on the price because when the fee that they offer isn't enough, we can just say no. We can set our price, but we set our price by accepting and rejecting deliveries. If it doesn't meet your price, you don't take it. Now, how do you determine your price? That's that's maybe the million dollar question. You know, I mean, you can start with your goals. You can start with what do you need to make? And, you know, and, and that's one thing I would ask you, and it kind of goes back sometimes, you know, part of it might be understanding your why, part of it might be understanding your plan, but what is it that you really need? What is it that you really need that, that, uh, that this delivery stuff can do for you? How much time are you willing to put into this? Uh, to get what you need to make and what do you want to have left over after your taxes and your real car expenses, all your other costs. And that's one way to set your price is you start looking at what you need and how much time you want to put into it. And I'm going to tell you this. I, I get up on a soapbox sometimes about this. Don't listen to anybody who tells you that dollar per mile is the only way to go. Actually, I think it's a stupid and lazy way to do delivery evaluations. I'm sorry, but that's just how I see it. But I'm also going to sell you, tell you, don't listen to me when I tell you that my 50 cent rule is the only way to go. Here's the deal. You've got different ways to set your price. What works for me works great for me, but maybe for you, it's not the right fit. Now, back when I was in telecom, I keep talking about this, but, uh, you know, as far as like when being in telecom, you know, we, we had a business that, uh, it was a family business. We sold telephone systems and, and we sold some services on commission basis, but, when we sold phone systems, we set our equipment prices. We did it based on uh, what it cost us. So if it cost us, if an item cost us $1,000, you know, we might sell it for $1,500. We had a percentage of markup. That was kind of the system there. And it was easy that way, really, because all you had to do is just look at what we had to pay for it. And then we'd just say, okay, we mark it up a certain percentage and that's what we've got to sell it for. And when you add up all the other things that we need to have, that's how you kind of get to your, your percentage that you need to set. Well, during that time, I knew this other guy, um, he was kind of a mentor in some ways and you know, taught me a lot of things about, uh, sales and running a business and everything like that. But he had kind of a work, quirky way of setting his prices. When cigarette prices went up, he raised his prices accordingly. If cigarette prices went up 10%, all of his prices across the board for his services, his equipment, everything went up 10%. It didn't matter whether his costs went up or not. See, what he thought, his his thinking behind this, and I thought it was really pretty clever when you think about it, his thinking behind this was that, you know, the these tobacco companies have tons and tons and tons of money that they put into research and things like that. And they know when the market can bear an increase and they don't increase their prices based on their cost. They just increase their prices based on when they think that they can get away with an increase. And so he realized that, you know what, whenever they increase their prices, he figured that probably the market was in a good place that he could probably get away with it. Well, pretty well himself. I'll tell you what, he did a lot better than we did because he didn't limit himself as far as what he was able to charge and everything like that. Now, my point in bringing that up is I've got my way of doing things. 
I'd like to share that way because I think it works for a lot of people, but it doesn't necessarily mean it always works for you. And you know what? You might take every offer or you might do a dollar per mile type of thing and everything like that. And if that works for you, I'm not going to tell you not to do that, you know, but I do want to tell you to set your price. I do want to tell you to know your value. And so what I do, I do like a 50 cent rule. You know, I took, uh, I, I looked at everything that I wanted to learn. I looked at the time that I had available and, but I also got to a point where I started to realize, you know what, if I set my price higher, I can probably do a little bit better. Now here's the, you know, the 50 cent rule, basically what that means is I judge this delivery offer by, can I make 50 cents a minute or more? And the decision's quick and easy because the math works out beautifully under this. All, all I got to do is I double the dollars on the offer. And that number that I come up with is how many minutes I need to be able to do that delivery in. If it's a $5 offer, I need to be able to do that delivery in 10 minutes or less. If it's a $15 offer, I've got to be able to do that delivery in, did I say a $15 offer? If it's a $15 offer, I've got to be able to complete that in 30 minutes or less, double the 15 to get to 30. And if I can get that delivery done in 30 minutes or less, that means I'm making $30 an hour or more. My price is 50 cents per minute. And if the delivery does not meet that price, there's no sale. You're a business owner. You got to set your price. Okay, here's another one. A good business owner is decisive. How do you determine what orders to take and which ones not to take? What's your criteria? How do you determine when you're going to go out and deliver? How do you decide if it makes sense to do Grubhub today or Uber Eats or, you know, what's the best best platform for you for the moment? Are you just doing a coin flip? Is it just you go by your gut? Or are you making business decisions? And a successful business owner is constantly making business decisions that are centered around the goals and the purpose of the business. What did I just talk about early on, the first couple of things? Talking about your why and talking about your plan. How does what you're doing fit in with those things? You make your decisions based on those things. Hey, here's the deal. You could you could go out and you could sell widgets or something for a lot of money, right? Uh, you, you're, you're running a pizza restaurant and you decide, okay, I can sell these widgets for a lot of money, but a lot of, sometimes that doesn't make sense because it doesn't fit in with what you're trying to do with your business. Right. I mean, does anybody remember, here's another one where I'm dating myself a little bit. Does anybody remember McDonald's selling fried chicken? It didn't work very well. So start, here's what I'm saying is start being intentional about the decisions that you make for your business. Measure your decisions against your business purpose, which is your why your business goals, that's your big picture. Does this decision help you get to your why? Does this decision help you meet your goals? Or does it get in the way? I keep going back to telecom days. We used to have the thing, we called it a technology mission statement. We'd tell our customers that, hey, you know what? If a technology purchase, if it does not help you become more profitable or more competitive, you really shouldn't be buying it. We talked ourselves out of some sales by telling people that, but people appreciated us for it as far as, you know, the honesty with that. And so what, what I'm getting at is everything that you decide has to center around those things. It, it has to center around more than just, oh, okay, gut feeling. Yep. I'm going to go out and deliver today. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll go ahead and take this. I kind of, I kind of like the look of that, you know? So 
you know, and I do that, you know, setting my price when it comes to accepting or delivering offers. But but I use my 50 cent rule also. And I'll put a link in the description also to this because I use this also to help me with other decisions, you know, because the bottom line is when I look at it as, you know, 30 bucks an hour, that tells me that every minute that I'm losing is 50 cents that I'm losing. So if, if, am I going to do something that's going to cost me time? Well, is the reward going to make up for that 50 cents a minute that I'm losing? I'll use that sometimes on deciding on a route. You know, if if the uh, route is going to save me five miles, but it's going to take 10 minutes longer. Well, that five miles, I know what that costs me as far as my car goes. But if it's going to take me 10 minutes longer, I know that I'm you know losing $5 because of that time. So, so you measure that stuff, you know. And, and the question I've got to ask you is, how are you measuring your decisions? Is whatever you're trying to decide on, is it going to meet your why? Is it going to get you where you want to go? How does it fit into that? And so a good business owner is going to make business decisions. And, you know, another one that I'm going to say is a good business owner has integrity. And let me put it another way. You got to give a crap about your product. You know, it says if, if you say that you're going to do something, you got to do it and you got to do it well. Now, there's a clear line between being an independent contractor and being a lazy slob. And I see a lot of people sit way over the line on that one. They kind of look at it. You know what? I'm an independent contractor. You can't make me do this. I'm not an employee. And they do a horrible job on deliveries. But here's the deal. You're a business owner. You put out a good product and putting out a good product and doing what you say that you're going to do. It's even more important in the in the context of being a business owner than it is as an employee because it's critical to your long-term survival for your business. Now, one thing I'm going to tell you, though, is you want to be careful with this. And where I'm going with this is you got to make sure you understand what you agreed to do, okay? You did not agree to be an employee. You did not agree to make sure that every customer gets a delivery. It is not your job to make sure that every single customer gets their food, no matter the price. Because I see so many people saying, we got to take every offer or something like that, or the customer is out of luck. That's not your job. That's the job of the employees of these delivery companies. And if they dispatch and if they price things in such a way that customers are not getting the food, it is not your job to fix it for them. They are your customer. You are not an employee. It is the job of the employees and you are not an employee. Remember this, that you're in a B2B business relationship. That means you are in a business to business relationship here. I mentioned the technology mission statement earlier. You know, we sold we sold our services in telecom based on how we could help businesses be profitable. We were providing tools to help them run their business, but we also understood that it was not our job to run their business for them. That was still their job. As a contractor, as a business working for them or helping them out in a particular area of their business, our job was to do what we were there to do the best we could do. It was not our job to run their business for them. And you got to understand this here. Your job is to do one hell of a good job with what you're doing. It is not your job to do the work of the delivery companies. But at the same time, you've got an obligation here. You've got an obligation to be good, to be awesome at what you agreed to do. And that begins with the moment you take a delivery. 
because this is how it works with deliveries. Your agreement is on a delivery by delivery basis. Your agreement starts the moment that you accept a delivery offer and it ends when you complete that delivery. That's what your agreement is. But make no mistake, you do have an obligation here that the moment you take that delivery, do not be that driver who thinks they can just stack up deliveries from multiple apps and it doesn't matter whether or not everybody's got to wait forever because they've done that. Because you are breaking your agreement when you do that. Now, I take I take multiple deliveries sometimes from different apps, but I will only do it if I can fit it in in such a way that nobody is suffering because of that. Nobody's having to wait an extra 15, 30 minutes because of the route that I've got to take to make that happen. And you'd be amazed how many times I've turned down and how hard it is to turn down $20, $30 deliveries that would be just beautiful, except for the fact that there's no way that I could fit it in with the delivery that I've already committed myself to. So be awesome at what you agreed to do. Get the food to the customer fast. Get the food to the customer in in the best condition you can possibly get it to them in. Be a person of your word and just do the best damn job that you can under the contract. Last thing I want to throw out there is a good business owner is financially responsible. And the bottom line is here where I'm really going with this is you've got a responsibility to be profitable. The bottom line be profitable. Did you catch that pen? See what I did there? Okay. Sorry. Anyway, here's the deal. Your responsibility is to your why, right? Your responsibility is to your big picture. Your responsibility is to using this delivery work to get you where you want to be. Your responsibility is on to those who rely on you. And that means you got a responsibility to your business to make sure that it can stay in business. You know, there was, there was a little diner, a little breakfast place that opened up just not too far from where I live. And I loved their food, man. It, it was, it was good food and they were really nice people, you know, and they were really trying to do some stuff for just building community engagement, a lot of great stuff. And, and they had, I mean, it was incredible value. The, the, the size of burrito breakfast burrito you could get for two bucks was amazing. Well, it was too incredible. And, and the bottom line on that is I'm mad at them right now because, you know, the food, the atmosphere, those were great to the point that they could have charged more. But the problem was they were losing money and they had to close up. And I mean, they were already on the brink before the pandemic hit and everything like that, and they couldn't make it. But because they didn't take care of their business, because they didn't, uh, you know, because they didn't charge enough for their food, things like that. You know, I'm mad at it now because one of my favorite places to eat is gone. Here's the thing. You got to understand your business finances. You got to understand the money that you can make is not the money that you get from DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, any of these gig companies. That's not what you're earning. You got to look at it as that's your business's money. That's the money that comes into your business. What you make as a business owner is what's left after everything else. You know, your profit is what's left over after your costs. It's like, you know, you could, your, your equivalent of your take home is what's left over after your expenses and your taxes, you know, whatever benefits that uh, you might be getting otherwise. Know what it actually costs to operate your business. If you drive a car, know what it costs to operate that. You got to know this stuff. Dig into that. 
Take money out for your car, for your taxes, as the money comes in, not just when you need it. Because if you wait till you need it, you're not going to have it. I calculated how much my car costs to operate. And, and based on that, I save 30 cents a mile. I put that aside and any of my, my gas, any of my car costs come out of that. And that gives money to cover me when the big stuff comes along. Because it will come along with as much, as, as much driving as I do, at least unless I decide to go all in on uh, the e-bike thing. you know. But anyway, set that money aside until you need it because you will need it. If you don't do this, you're going to pay the price when your car wears out. You're going to pay the price when Uncle Sam comes knocking. And now all of a sudden you don't have the money. And now you can't do things on your terms. You got to do things on the terms of whatever situation you got yourself into. I would recommend going so far as even taking money out to cover some paid time off because you got to give yourself some paid time off, especially if you do this a lot. Maybe some other benefits as well. But the thing is, Take the money out for those things first, and then you pay yourself the difference. You put that into your personal checking account. Don't make the mistake of passing on those things when when the money's, you know, when, when things are a little tighter or something because you feel like that's not enough money. A good business owner recognizes that if the money they're getting isn't enough, they got to do one of two things. They got to figure out how to get more money in it, or they got to figure out how to move on from a bad business plan because they understand that you can't just keep going at something that's losing. So, you know, part of being a good business owner is just understanding when you're really not making as much as you think. There's, there's two major issues that just really knock couriers off and it's car repairs and taxes. But if you're taking care of business with your money, if you're being smart with that, if you're being responsible, you're going to be okay. You avoid those issues. Here's what it all boils down to. Be the boss. I know I could just end the uh, podcast episode right here. I'm just about there. But I think there's just a lot of ways that, you know, the, the second through the seventh characteristics here that I listed are really all subsets of number one about just being the owner. You know, it's about attitude. It's about saying, I am taking this on. I'm going to control my own destiny. Everything is my fault, but that means everything is up to me. I'm going to be the boss because when you're the boss, you can't be the victim of whatever these gig companies do with their policies. You can't be the victim of other circumstances because you're taking control. You're controlling what you can control and not letting yourself be limited by what you cannot. It's tough sometimes, I know. Life's easier when I can just blame everything on Grubhub or DoorDash, or I could blame it on COVID or whatever other circumstances. But I gotta tell you, it's amazing the difference that happens when you decide everything is your fault because now you're in control and you have lifted so many of the limitations that are holding you down because you took control. Friends, thank you for coming back for another week. And I want to ask one question. Have I helped you out in any way? Uh, has, has this podcast, has the website at entrecourier.com been of any kind of business benefit to you in your delivery business? Because if it has, could you spread the word? Could you let people know? Because the thing is, is the more people that you can let know, that means there's more people that I, we can help out here with this website and to help them take control. And as I always do, as I wrap this up, that's what I'm asking you. I'm begging you. If you haven't listened to me all this way through this, at least hear me this time. Take control. It is, it's yours to take. Take control. 
and be the boss. <laughs>